are sports fans. How's it going? Hi, Ryan. Oh my God, it, it could be sports fans. <laughs> Hi, Jill. How are you? I'm good. I wanted to tell you something that I didn't put on the rundown, but I was thinking about today. There's this trend going around on Instagram that's like, share a picture of yourself when you were 21. So I didn't, but some of my <laughs> Salsify friends, we were, we were sharing them to, on our group thread today. So I was going through Facebook and looking at my tag photos. <clears throat> this one goes out to avid fan Carrie. I was looking at all our pictures from study abroad. I don't think Carrie was as bad as I was. We packed so many clothes, <laughs> coats, and boots. And different shoes. If I went anywhere now, I pack like four things. Like I have no clothes. I wear the same jeans and sneakers, and I like don't wear nice shoes anymore because my feet hurt. I had like multiple pairs of high heels, and we're like in Germany, and I have like loafers <laughs> and boots, and then a different pair of boots, and then like three going out tops, and a skirt and a dress, and I'm like, well, it all, where did all these it all fit because you wouldn't, you know, have carried all that stuff. And I I checked a bag and carried on a bag. I think I think I had like two or three bags, and it. I, I think what I had done, because packing for every semester at school, right? You'd, you'd go home to Staten Island, you'd pick out the clothes and shoes and stuff you want to bring, you'd pack it up, you bring it to school for the semester. I think that was the mentality, not thinking like, but I'm flying to another country. And while I'm there, I'm going to have to fly to other countries. But, and also I dressed so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I had like these nice like loft tops or like cute tanks. And like, I was a size zero. So obviously like- More selection. I had more options, but I was just like shook. And like Carrie was always a snazzy dresser. So she would have like a skirt or a dress. And then at some, we'd have like jeans and Converse, you know, but I was just floored by, there was even this one pair of heels. I remember them exactly. They were from like material girl, which was like Madonna's daughter's line at Macy's juniors. And Ann and I used to get it all the time. And they, they had little bows on them that looked like bow tie pasta. And like, I brought those on this trip and wore them. And I'm like, I needed to pack my material girl heels for Macy's to bring abroad with me. And I'm sure if you looked at your pictures, it's not. It's like sweatpants and sweatshirts. And you, Mine's definitely like the same three pair of jeans and tons of sweaters. Right. Like I dress so much nicer in college. And like now there's all the funny memes of like we wore office skirts to the bars <laughs> and stuff. But like abroad, I, I had some nice outfits. Good for I'm you. Like, what, what happened? <laughs> well, COVID, you know, we all wear our athleisure now. Yeah. But I was just like fucking floored and carrie if i want to know if you feel the same if you go look at our pictures because jesus christ we didn't even borrow from each other that much anyway what's new with you um nothing i'm trying to think uh what did we do this weekend did i see you you went to thai oh you went to two different restaurants with our parents well i didn't go with them on saturday but yes sunday i went and watched some of the football game and we went to a bar in salem in our hood which has been open for like over a year. And mom has been like, let's just go. I want to go see. I want to go try it out. No one. Our mom? Yeah. Because we have the same mom. Yeah. No one was there, but that was great. So my daughter could run like rampant around this bar, but it's been open for over a year and no one was there on championship Sunday football. So we're like, okay. They had the games on? They had a million TVs. So Slyne and I went to Poopsies right. in, uh, on the South Shore because – Football player mentioned in the last episode, Sam Mewis said it's the best South Shore bar pizza, which I didn't know was like a category unto itself. Like, I understand bar pizza, but I guess it's like a thing. South Shore bar pizza, yeah. And at one point, the first game, so Chiefs-Ravens, <clears throat> there was like, I think like a minute 
and a half left in the first half and the score was still like kind of tight and the tv like froze it took a minute to reload you could tell it was like an internet thing it was everywhere it happened to us too oh okay because Lana and i were like if this had been like patriots Steelers, or like you know a team that people here care about people would have been losing their minds and so mad because it was literally like a minute 45 left in the first half like i think someone was about to kick a field goal we were like, but no one even cared. Everyone just continued on their conversation. Because we were like, oh, you know, whatever. Blah, blah, so, blah. Yeah. So that was funny. Yeah. Uh, that's what I did this weekend. And I also saw Poor Things, which I was going to talk about. So if you want to start there. Yeah, go right there. Tell me about Poor Things. So I saw the film Poor Things. Can I get, get I'm going to give some spoilers. Do you care if I give spoilers, Joe? I have heard, listened to so many podcasts about it. I know everything I mean. about it. It probably won't be spoilers to you. It's probably more like the plot of the film, but just to like the folks at home, if you do. So poor things. Okay, so poor things. So going into it, I'm glad I knew a little bit about it because I'm someone who doesn't mind a spoiler, but I also kind of like to know about like the plot of what I'm going into because I'm. I don't think I'm dumb, but there are some things I feel like I just don't pick up on maybe in like movies and stuff. And maybe I do and I don't give myself enough credit, but like, I don't know. I just like to know. So I went into this movie knowing that the plot was about this woman, Emma Stone, who attempts to commit suicide while pregnant. And then this surgeon, Willem Dafoe, finds her body and the the mother body is like dead so he takes the brain from the unborn baby and puts it in the mother's head and then like takes the baby out of her stomach i guess i don't think they really go into it so this movie is essentially this adult body with a baby's brain in it baby brain hi brian and kevin <laughs> and you know and then she like kind of starts learning things and you know warns them at a quicker rate than an actual baby would probably and picking things up i'm glad i knew that going into it because i was like i don't know they reveal it in the first probably like 15 minutes but you you don't know right away like what's going on uh with this <clears throat> with this woman also because i told willem defoe is a surgeon he does all these like weird experiments and he has all this like shit on his face I had to look away so mm. many times so I wouldn't like faint because of like incisions and they would have like organs on the table and you know it was just gross. Also saw the whole movie not realizing that his like assistant and potential love interest for Emma Stone was Rami Youssef. Oh you didn't know? No it wasn't until I looked at IMDb later and I was like oh cool. Um, but anyway he's in it. And then there's like experiments at this dude's house where he like would cut off the head of a duck and put it on the body of like a French bulldog and walking around. And it was just very a Mars attacks and B return, return to Oz. So it just didn't seem a Disney like, movie return to Oz. Very scary. Like or, original to me. My overall rating of the film I gave afterwards was a six out of 10. Okay. And it wasn't a bad movie. I was entertained, but part of it, I was like, what was the point of that? Another part was, like, I knew it wasn't going to be, like, a Ryan film, per se. I <laughs> I objectively don't have good taste, and I like to watch things that are, like, my cup of tea. So, and I was like, I don't know if this will be my cup of tea. But the reason why you really wouldn't have liked it, Jillian, is because, you know, the movie starts, it's this woman, she's, like, learning yeah. stuff. Willem Dafoe's, like, her surgeon slash makeshift father. Um, Rami comes and is, like you know, observing her and like being an assistant basically to Willem. And then she starts to like figure out like language and, you know, reading and whatever. Then of course she like somehow happens upon masturbating 
and realizes like how good it feels. So then there's a scene where she like puts an apple up her vagina or something and is like masturbating and offers it to like one of the maids who works in the house. It's supposed to be England, I think, in like I don't fucking know, a time when they still had horses and carriages and electricity was being invented. But then it was also like they would show shots of like in Portugal and it was all like crazy looking. Like it seemed like it was kind of well. Like it's a fantasy. Cool. That's like I, there was something yeah. I read. People were like you could never do this surgery. It's so unethical. And people oh, yeah. like it's a movie. It's totally it's like, made up. It's like I guess it's probably like magic realism, like yeah. that genre of books and movies where it's like this could happen in real life, but then there are some like fanciful elephant elephants elements where you're like, no, it couldn't. So then once she discovers like masturbating, then she, of course she becomes like obsessed with sex, and then the rest of the movie or a large part is about like her having sex and sex 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 and like her and mark ruffalo having sex and she's naked in the movie a lot and she has to have sex with mark ruffalo a lot and i'm like this must have been awkward and like i just am like a man made this movie like there are so many things to learn and discover as you're coming of age as a human being like they could have gone down all these different avenues but of course it was like sex was the main focus and like i don't know to me it was just like really like well i haven't seen the film but what i've read and heard is also I think he tried to show it as like it's hard for women because like this is how they're seen like as sexual objects. Yeah. And she's trying to take the power back. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't see that. Like right. I saw and there were situations where like she's kind of being coerced and like I was talking to um GS, my gentleman suitor, after the movie about like what the point of it was. And he's like, Well, I think part of it is like, yeah, like she's like a possession. Yes. And like her kind of like going throughout this is like a possession and stuff. But like, I don't know. And then, yeah, then she kind of tries to be like, she's gaining the power, power back and like whatever. My biggest complaint this movie was two hours and 20 minutes long. Movies are too long. I got so restless. I could not sit there anymore. I was so bored. And then I was like, They were definitely chunks of it i would have cut out could have cut out there's part of the movie where she's a prostitute in france we didn't need to see 15 different sexual experiences she had maybe we could have done 10 in the montage (laughs) where she goes back to like her ex-husband like the woman who died body and like that whole part was fucking stupid i would have cut it out of the movie and just overall emma stone does give a good performance i understand why she's like nominated for an oscar but like but do you think the movie, like, even technically, is it, like, well done and beautiful and... Yeah. Okay. And there are parts where it's, like, black and white, and then it goes into color and stuff, and, like, that's interesting. And, like, like I said, they go to Lisbon after England. That's, like, the first location they go to in the movie. Like, there's a couple different ones. And that looked really pretty. And, like I said, there was, like, kind of these trams in the sky that, like, maybe they had those in Portugal in whatever time this was. Doubt it. But they looked very, like, fantastical. Cool and fantastical. And, yeah, not like it would happen in real life. So, not for you, but you appreciate the effort? Yeah, and, like, in the beginning, I was entertained. I was like, okay, like, what's happening? And, again, I'm like, this isn't a movie I would normally see. So, I'm, like, paying attention. I'm trying to, like, take it in. And then... You know, they kind of lost me with all the sex stuff. And, like, Mark Ruffalo is kind of, like, the comic relief in it. But he's doing this weird accent, and he's just kind of like, what are you doing, Mark Ruffalo? I said, he looks like, I was like, was he in that movie Mordecai? And Dan was like, no, I think that was Johnny Depp. I was like, yes. he looks like Mordecai, whatever, you know, that movie is. And then... You said his name. Like, was, it's okay. Emma okay. had to have sex with him, like, a lot. <laughs> you know, and they seem like besties in all these, like, promo press interviews they're doing. 
And I just thought, I was like, Jillian wouldn't like this. My mother wouldn't like this, like, as I'm watching it. So, whatever. I do still want to see The Favorite, but. Oh, you never saw The Favorite? No, and I don't know why she was so gung-ho to do this. She, like, I think it was a play, and then Yorgos, the director, was optioning it, and he heard she heard about it while they were doing The Favorite, and she's like, I would love to do this. Oh. The f- it's an interesting role, because you basically have to play a baby in, in right. an adult woman. But it sounds, anyway. I, I, it sounds to me like, how you're describing it the favorite has less sex but still sex but uh yeah the favorite's pretty funny i thought you never saw it i did see it colin and i watched I it i asked you about this recently and you were like i've never seen it no i've seen the favorite joe alwyn go off on a tangent that slime asked me while we were at poopsies and she said she wanted to potentially float to us is you know she understands all these snubs of barbie and and stuff she's like but because she's like but was any of the acting in Barbie like Oscar worthy? And she didn't mean it in like a pejorative sense, just like in a, you know, I was like, yeah, like I wasn't like Ryan Gosling turned in an Oscar. Well, I just rewatched it because I had my significant other watch Barbie the other night. And? And um, yeah, I don't think, I think actually Margot Robbie is the best actor in it. That's what I said. I said I, I would give it to Margot maybe because she has to be a doll and, we, and then a human and we have to like feel for her. Yeah. And she like put a lot into their performance. I was like, but other than that. And Ryan Gosling's like playing a character, like he's playing a dumb idiot and he does it convincingly. I'm like, he could be Owen Wilson in Wedding Crashers, like who he didn't get nominated for an Oscar. You know, it's a comedy part. Right. Um, The, my significant other. America Ferrara was a good, she's a good actor, but was that an Oscar worthy? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, Colin laughed a lot at the Ken jokes, but I think he laughed. Of course. Most most audibly when he's at the school and he's like, I'm going to the library to get books about trucks. Yeah. Jack. <laughs> I was like, that's such a jack line. Um, how did you feel on second viewing? Did you like it more? No. I just, I, like, the America for, are you, um, I just, it's just the whole theme of the movie. I just, not for me, Barbie, like. women empowerment no like being a woman being a woman is difficult and hard and challenging and all women know this just ask bella baxter and poor things but like did any man did any brother did any son did any boyfriend any husband sitting in that movie go wow i didn't realize it when we saw it wow you guys have it rough like no no you're saying you don't think it accomplished what it intended to do? I, I just don't think it was revelatory. Like, wow, this yeah. movie. Like, no. Like, no, it could have come out in the 80s. We know this. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Salt Lake. Um, so, yeah, it feels like eons ago, but um, yeah. we, we recorded Tuesday night. So last Tuesday night was the finale to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion. Um. It was obviously a lot of talk about Monica and how she became reality Vontees, but it even wasn't about... Not as much. Right. Yeah, maybe I would have wanted. But anyway, I just wanted to talk about the fact that everything that one of the other women said, Monica tried to like catch them in something, like speaking poorly about people with less money or like minorities. Like she was trying to get them canceled and trying to be a... Trying to yeah. be like the the person, the every woman on the cast. She wanted to be like. Someone said that recently about someone else. They're like, it's so. Oh, that Jen Shaw, that she always did that. And it was so disgusting how 
she would play that card of being a minority just to like put other women in their place. Right. It wasn't actually relevant. You know? But it's also like not even being a minority. Or two white women saying that. Right. Oh, like, like, no, but know. I'm saying like Monica wanted to be like, what? I can't be a fan. I can't be a person who doesn't make as much money as you guys and be on yeah. the show. Like, she, and she tried to like, like, she, like, oh, you guys are slamming small business. I have a small business. Don't slam small business. Like, they weren't saying that at all. She was like, no, I'm saying that, like, I actually have a business. And yours is, like, what, selling blankets and you're not actually- Right. They all have small businesses on that show, like Meredith and Beauty Lab. Just, like, Monica trying to get the audience, like, on her side by accusing Angie of saying brown when she said low brow. Like, yeah. it just – everything she tried to do this whole season failed miserably. And I just am so annoyed by her and I never want to see her again. Okay. Do you have anything else to say about the Salt Lake City reunion? Well, I already posted about it on our Instagram. Um, and I'm just very upset and over Andy Cohen and Bravo yeah. and their lack of culpability when it comes to some of the people they hire and like the things they put out into the world. And yes, I'm part of it because I watch it and I consume it all. And, you know, but like. Like, how could you hire Jen Shaw and put that woman on TV? She was so erratic. She was so horrible to the other women. Like, Well, that's what they think is going to make t- good TV. They want people like that. I guess. Okay, passing this. Are you going to watch Vanderpump Rules this season? Until I get bored. Okay. That's my answer. I, like, really don't have an interest. So I would like you all to watch the first episode and let me know if I should watch. You're not going to watch it? I don't know. I don't think I – I don't care. Important cue for you. Is it recording on your DVR? Oh, I don't know. Do you have it set up? Is it? No, I thought you did. That's why I was asking you. Oh, I don't know. I'd have to check. Sorry if that all sounded bad on my end because my microphone wasn't working. Now it's going to be really loud. And we're back. Okay, so you're saying you don't think you're going to watch Vanderpump Rules? Unless, like – Is you better than us? No. Unless you guys tell me, like, oh, my God, you you should be watching. Like, it's getting wild. I just want to see the fallout from, like, the first episode, Scandal, you know. And then once it's like, Lala's getting a sperm donor, I might not care. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about Drag Race? Yes. So um, currently season 16 of RuPaul's Drag Race is airing. I'm watching it. Loving it. I have such a great time. I'm going back and watching some of the older seasons if there are queens in the seasons that I know now oh, know okay. because you know I need someone to, I know to give me an in. So I just watched all of season six because um, the drag queen who wins it is called Bianca Del Rio, um, who I love and is like a comedian and is going on tour. And the, and so the, I was <clears throat> it feels like a fucking time capsule. But then I'm like, oh, it wasn't that long ago, but it was 10 years ago. It was like oh. this season aired in 2014 or whatever. So they have a lot of guest judges come. So there's always like the core judges in the seasons who are RuPaul, Michelle Visage, who sucks, in my opinion. Santino Rice. Oh, Santino. Lighting up, it's just fashion. Santino and Michelle really butt heads. Santino didn't mean a person he didn't butt heads with. But she's the dick. He's not. She's um, the one that's Leah Remini's friend. Yeah. Who so they'll have guest judges come in. So like Leah was a guest judge one episode. And it's a lot it's kind of like Project Runway as far as like that goes, like the the judging section. Um and then sometimes they'll have like a photographer or a designer, like Bob Mackey was on, oh. you know, like cool people. Chloe Kardashian was a guest judge that season twice. Killed it. 
knocked it out of we the park. We love Chloe. I love Chloe. She was so fun. It was that old Chloe when she was married to Lamar. Oh. Um, and it was pre-nose job. And she had lost weight, but she wasn't like, you know, as thin as she is now. And I was just like, oh, our Chloe. And she gave really good critiques. And she was just so like, like an ally in the community. And maybe she still is. And I just don't watch anymore or like engage with her I as much. Really but I was talk just about like, it. But yeah, I assume she is. I was just like, oh, our Chloe. She was so cool. Like the fact that she watched Drag Race and cared about it. I'm like, oh, she's so cool. It was like when Amy Schumer made that joke on us and all the time she was like, Chloe was ours and now we lost her. You know, that's how I feel a little bit. But then Jill, so I, start, I went back a season now, I'm watching season five. <laughs> One of the guest judges in the first episode is Camille Grammer because she's on Beverly Hills at the time. And she's like critiquing the queen's fashions. The first challenge, they had to dumpster dive and then make outfits out of like the dumpster stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the queens, she's like, you know, that front slit really wasn't flattering. I would have gone with a side slit. And I'm like, do we look to Camille Grammer for fashion, Jill? Like, no, no, we've never. We've never. Yeah. So it's just so funny. And then I just started another episode right before we were recording. And the two guest judges were Kristen Johnson, who looked amazed. Big shout out to Caitlin, our sisters, big fan of hers. I was just thinking about her because as I was going to the New York Post, I, I couldn't remember in that episode of Sex in the City is the cover of the post, like the last New York party girl. Like, would that ever happen if like a, a, a socialite? Like Tinsley Mortimer? Um, it, yeah. Tinsley Mortimer fell out a window 10 stories down and died. Would she be on the cover of the New York Post? I don't know. Maybe just if anyone fell out of <laughs> 10 stories and died in New York and there was a slow news day. New York is over. Anyway. Um, and then the other guest judge was Juliette Lewis. Oh. And I was just like, and even then, I'm like, oh, what a time capsule. But I'm like, even in 2013, 14, they probably weren't like popping off. No. But I'm like, but but they are friends of us, me, you, and our family. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, just and, and the my queens, old I'm sure. Oh, yeah, obviously. Like, even for Camille, they were excited. And I was like, it's fucking Camille. <laughs> Paula Abdul was a <gasps> guest judge on the last season, oh, on season six. And one of the contestants, Adore, had been on American Idol. Um, when they were younger, and so did they funny. make it to Hollywood? Yeah. Oh, good. In like a couple episodes, but went home pretty quickly. I think they were like eighteen when they were on Idol, so that makes sense. Okay, that's I just miss Chloe Kardashian. Is what I wanted to say. Well, come watch the seasons. Come watch Hulu. She's good on it, and we like her stories. I don't want to support like Kim. I feel like you just don't like Kim anymore. Okay. Or Kendall. You Kendall's know, some of them really I'm okay with. Too much. Yeah. It's basically Kim and Chloe. I mean, I love Chloe, but yeah. she's not the same. Um, so I don't really want to get into Taylor Swift's boyfriend's going to the Super Bowl. Hooray for you. Huzzah. Couldn't care less. I yeah. want to Did you see the bracelet? TNT. Travis and Taylor. Yeah, stupid. It's diamonds. Oh my god. How much did you pay for that bracelet? So I just want to talk about after the game was over, Taylor Swift came on the field and gave a big hug and kiss. And that was like not what she usually does and not what we would expect her to do because I don't know. So she did. And everyone was surprised. And there's millions and millions of pictures of this. And everyone is all over the internet talking about it. And people are like, oh, you guys are such haters. Look how happy and in love they are. My hating is there were probably some wives in the in the fucking boxes like struggling to get on the field to find their husbands but of course they make way for her who's been dating this man for what like six to eight months my annoyance with this which is i'm annoyed by all of it but i'm okay yeah as i go on instagram after and every every news outlet everything i follow is posting pictures and it's all with taylor swift lyrics in the captions yeah 
Vogue. Did you recognize them all, Jill? Loving him was red. Mm. Vanity Fair. Are you ready for it? Mm, In style. It's a love story. Baby, just say yes. Like, I liked a lot of the ones that were like, they'd show the logos of the two teams and it was like, it's red versus red, Taylor's version. I thought that was funny. I just was like. Did you see all the 13 memes? No. I, I, I'll should pull them up, but there's a, you know, 13's her lucky number and right, like she, right. you know, she'll sit in like the 13th seat in award so or she'll release something on September 4th because 9 plus 4 is 13 and shout out to Beyonce. But like, so there was a bunch of things where it's like, this is the 13th game she's gone to this season will be the Super Bowl. There was something that like, you know, the last time, like, oh, the game is February 11th, 11 plus 2 is 13. Oh, there were a couple other ones. And then someone was even like, and the 49ers, 4 plus 9 is 13. <laughs> like, the, yeah, the 49ers. Um, My poor Zach Ertz, he joined the Lions just Lions, to get to the Super yeah. Bowl, and then they didn't get there. Um, I did appreciate that you sent me um, an Instagram video of people trying to dissect how Taylor Swift is going to get from her show in Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah, to the Super Bowl, and the clip that you sent me was from a West Wing episode where they discuss, you know, President Bartlett getting back from Tokyo, and he's actually getting back an hour earlier than he took off because of the time difference. Because CJ's on it, Alice and Janney. Yeah, there are clocks on the wall. Um, I also sent our sister and you um, a Instagram post about some angry conservative white man writing like, "Now all you people understand why Taylor Swift is dating Jason." Travis Kelsey, he made seventy thousand dollars just for winning that game because they're making seventy thousand because they make it to the Super Bowl. Like, are you a moron, America? That is chump change to her. The person who I I sent you guys the post said she has more than seventy thousand dollars worth of change in her couch cushion. Like, yes. like yeah, that's the reason he's dating. She's dating him. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I know. I was like, she literally is the newest billionaire on the billionaire list. Like, yeah, like Travis Kelsey wishes. My thing, and I was saying this, this line is like, not to be a Taylor fan or defender, as we all know on this podcast, I'm not. What do they talk about? She is, I'm assuming, is an articulate, intelligent human being. And he can't be? You're giving me a look, but I I don't understand. He's he's a buffoon. He's a businessman. Okay. He's trying to make... I just I don't know what I think he and I could have a conversation because I'm trash from Staten Island and like she's trash from Pennsylvania. She can have a conversation. She didn't go to school. You know, she's shallow and uneducated, just like those (laughs) real houses of Beverly Hills. I don't know. I'm just like, what do you two converse about? Like, ugh. Life. And also I was thinking about like, uh, maybe this is just me because I'm annoyed at people all the time. And part of the reason why I'm single is because I'll date someone and then like three dates in, I'm like, I find you annoying, leave me alone. (laughs) It's like, what if that day you are annoyed at your boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, and then you have to go on the field and hug him and be happy for him? But what if you were like mad at him? Well, no, you don't have to. But I guess normal people like the people they're with, so <laughs> yeah, that's not a problem. I mean, like, would you be happy for Colin and hug him if he would? If I had a fight with him that morning and then he still yeah. went, I guess I would go down and hug him. But what if he didn't like him anymore? <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Super Bowls in two weeks. Hurrah, hurrah! <laughs> no one cares. Usher, yay! <laughs> what was that last thing you said? Usher, yay! Oh. I th- <laughs> I think it's something in French. We oui. <laughs> like Somalia. Ah, like, 
Oh my god, Jill. And then today I heard a commercial and you know what song is in it? Oh, Champs-Élysées from Darjeeling. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all these songs. Um, I'm going to skip ahead to something that I wanted. I was going to post this as my things I forgot to tell you on the podcast last week, but I didn't. So now a whole week has come around. Good story. I'm, cur- I'm currently reading this book. It's called What you-, what you Do to Me by Rochelle B. Weinstein. 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 Um, I think Goodreads recommended it because I get a lot of recommended books about music. So just a quick, you know, what this book is about. Journalist Cecilia James is a sucker for a love song. So when she stumbles across a clue to the identity of the muse for one of rock's greatest, she devotes herself to uncovering the truth, even as her own relationship is falling apart. So she works for Rolling Stone. She's fucking up a relationship. She has daddy issues. Then she's trying to figure out this famous song of this fictional band. Like, you know, who's the woman that inspired the song, basically? It was giving me Daisy Jones vibes, but not as well. So I opened the book to start reading. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I always read like the acknowledgements and the dedication. All right. Where words fail, music speaks. Hans Christian Andersen, whatever. Standard. Forward. When I first wrote Hey There Delilah, I had no way of knowing the impact it would have and the many fans and listeners it would touch around the world. Oh my God, is that what this book is about? That after all these years, it still resonates. Tom Higginson, Play My Tease. This woman wrote fanfic about Hey There Delilah. Hey There Delilah. But like to do the forward. Tom. But yeah, the the couple in it is not like Tom and Delilah. You know, like she made up, it's this band, this 90s band, and it's kind of like seems to be like a like an, you know, a U2 maybe kind of thing, you know, and it's like but like, that's what it's called What You Do To Me Oh, and the lyrics of the song are the lyrics of (laughs) Inspiration comes in all forms. I mean, I'm reading it on page 103. But, like, I just died. I'm like, oh, my God. And you used to like that song. Yeah. I liked playing my tees. I liked playing my tees. Oh, sorry. I mean, I saw them live and met them. I'm like, sure I've yeah. seen them live. Okay, suck my dick. But um, also, I'm like, do you think he actually read this book, Tom Higginson, of playing my tees? I don't know. But I just had to tell you, Jill, that this book was inspired by Hey There, Dwight. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> Yeah, and then a bunch of this these women's books she like self published on Amazon. So I'm like, oh god, is this gonna be horrible? But like, I've read things that are worse. It's not. <laughs> okay. It's not that bad, honestly. Okay. So that's what I wanted to tell you. Okay. Do you want to go? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So I'm talking about this because our friends reached out. I think over the weekend. Yeah. I forget what day. And asked, why are is why are the words Nikki and Megan? Uh, what are the words? Trending. Trending on Twitter. Excuse me, excuse me. So I knew right away that it was Nicki Minaj and Megan Thee Stallion because I saw something about them having a quarrel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to update the listeners if you don't understand what's going on with Nicki Minaj and Please. Megan Thee Stallion. Team Megan. Okay. So Megan Thee Stallion came out with a new song. Um, hiss. Hiss. And the... The he- the caption or the of this article in the cut is started out with a, a hiss. How did it end up like this? Which is great. It was only a hiss. So Megan Stallion made a new song, came out Friday, hiss. Um, she seemingly takes a shot at Nicki Minaj and her husband. So the Megan says in the song, these hoes don't be mad at Megan. These hoes mad at Megan's law. 
which is apparently referencing the federal law that requires information about registered sex offenders to be made available to the public. Listeners quickly clocked the line as a diss directed at Nicki Minaj and her husband, or boyfriend, um, the latter of whom pleaded guilty to attempted rape of a 16-year-old in 1994. Pause. We knew this. Oh, you didn't know this? She kind of like just hasn't really talked to like she's addressed anyway, it, but been like I it's not because a- it said it was her husband, Nicki Minaj. And I was like, is this how I learned Nicki Minaj is married? Because I didn't know that. No, we, we knew this and she has a baby by him. But anyway, the cut informed me that so he pled guilty to attempted rape of a 16 year old in 1994. He was also 16 at the time. So is attempted rape of a 16 year old just. Like, um, what is it, like consensual underage sex? Like, so I'm not standing up for him at all. I have no idea the background of the story, but in my mind, he was an older man doing something with a younger person. So whatever. But potentially they were the same age. Potentially the same age. Okay. They're both underage. How did Nikki respond? Megan did Megan did not name Nicki Minaj or Petty in her song, but Nicki certainly thought she was talking about them. She went on Instagram Live and teased a verse of a song called Bigfoot, which was pretty clearly a Megan diss. Bad bitch, she likes six foot. I call her Bigfoot. The bitch fell off. I said, get up on your good foot. Seemingly referring to the fact that Megan was shot in the foot by Tory Lanez in 2020. Jesus. Also... Megan did seemingly throw the first punch if it was about Nikki. So I wonder what happened there. Well, it so, doesn't say. So then she goes on the Breakfast Club Monday morning, talks to Charlemagne the God, Megan the Stallion. Club Shay Shay. Charlemagne says, I haven't heard the song yet, um, but tell me about it. And Megan says, I'm saying a hit dog gun holler. So I think she's implying that, yeah, I hit you. I This yep. song's about you and you. you, you and I expected back. you to clap back. Yeah. Megan also shared a photo of herself laughing to her Instagram story, in case you're wondering how she feels about the whole situation. Uh, Nikki spent the weekend posting more tweets about Megan, accusing her of using a ghostwriter and allowing her best friend to be bullied. Bigfoot arrived in full Sunday around midnight. Nikki also claimed that she has five more dish tracks waiting in the wings. So when I was trying to read up about this for the pod, I was I wasn't on. Tw- I don't know where I was, but. TMZ, I think. And apparently, not all of them, I'm sure, but some of the Barb's, Nikki's fans, were even saying that Bigfoot was, like, horribly written and, like, a terrible diss track. Ooh. And they were like, Nikki, even we have to not side with you on this one. And apparently she took a couple shots at Megan's dead mom, <gasps> which, if that's true, that's fucked up. Um, so I think fans were also being like, girl, we can't stand behind you on that one. I'm sure not all of them. I'm sure other ones are like, you know. And I think some of her fans were doing really like fucked up shit to Megan and I'm sure vice versa. Yeah. And it's like peeps need to calm down. Also, where this allegedly stems from, because Nikki and Megan, you know, Hot Girl Summer, that's their song together. But Megan and Cardi B have worked a lot together. So that's where they're saying it comes from. But I didn't know Cardi B and Nicki Minaj were like big competitors. Oh, hate each I, other. I have no idea about this. Enlighten me. I hate each other. I don't yeah. know the full history. I think it was just always like, you know, when Cardi started getting hot and like whatever i'm sure people were like oh she's the new nikki or she's better than nikki and i think cardi was like yeah always been better than I that mean, bitch or whatever cardi is not afraid to say whatever love cardi cardi b team if you know fuck mary kill mary cardi fuck megan kill Nicki minaj sorry okay. i know nikki was came first or we heard of her first but that's just how i feel personally 
also because Nikki was anti-vax because she said that the vaccine, you know, caused her cousin in Africa to be like infertile or whatever. Yeah. Or veer- what is it called when it's men? Not, I don't know. But anyway. So yeah, Cardi and Nikki have always had beef, and I think they've. I think maybe there were moments where we've been like, "Oh, we're cool now," but I don't think. Oh yeah, didn't they like get into like a physical altercation at a fashion show? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if it was at a fashion show, but I think they've thrown hands. So anyway, keep watch for this, but that's what's going on this weekend. And I do like Megan, so I don't want her to like you know start the first thing, but. Also, it's horrible that she was shot, and then she had to go through that whole trial, and now he's in jail. I didn't. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Oh god. Who shot her and why? He's a rapper. I don't know if it was like some romantic I'm not a rapper. Tryst, but I don't know. It was bad. Okay. That's all. Um, I mentioned it earlier in this podcast, but I feel like multiple times in the last few weeks, I've brought up Return to Oz, the movie to people, and they had no idea what I was talking about. And I was Civilians. like, oh, is our family like no. the only people who know what this movie is? It's a great film. I'm sure other people know about it, too. And then I mean, today, it's a scary film. On the Handsome Podcast, Mae Martin, love my life, said, well, Margaret Cho asked a question in the podcast and said she was wearing a Faroujia Balk shirt. Is that how you say her name? Yeah. Yeah. Who's an actress? And Mae said, oh, and she was in Return to Oz, which is a sequel to Wizard of Oz that, you know, some people don't know about. And if you try to show it to a child now, you realize how scary it was. And I'm assuming she's talking about Parvati's five-year-old because they live together. But- I I was like, would have always realized, May, how scary that movie is. Five-year-old or not five-year-old because that movie is so fucking scary. I mean, it is scary, but we watched it all the time. Yeah, but probably against my will or I'd be like, can we fast forward the the wheelers or yeah. what's scarier, that or the Wiz? Both very scary. And the Wizard of Oz is scary too. Also, what year is that that we had a great Macbeth Sisters Day where we went to the MFA and watched yeah. Return to Oz and then went to the Boston Comet and listened to Bleachers? Maybe like 2017, 2018. Yeah. That yeah. was – if they made a day for McGrath Girls, it was that day. Yeah, I might want some other things, but sure. Oh, maybe you had a hot dog. Maybe I did. <laughs> so that would make it a good day. Yeah. Um, and speaking of May, I just wanted to quickly tell you, Jill, that in the latest episode of Traders, or I think episode five was the most recent one, at the end of episode four, there was some phaedra poverty beef because they there are three traders, poverty, Dan, this guy from Big Brother, and Phaedra. So they're trying to like stay under wraps and people not figure out who they are. And Dan was already saying to poverty, like, Maybe at some point we start throwing housewives under the bus and we get Phaedra out before us and like we stay strong and whatever. So they do this like round table at the end of every episode where everyone's trying to figure out who the traitors are and they vote and, you know, they all kind of like throw the heat on each other. So <clears throat> Poverty said something like, you know, we have to be careful about the actors in this game because I guess a couple of them are actors. You know, they're they're pretty good at concealing them. And, you know, another group who's probably really good at acting are the housewives. And Phaedra's like, don't do that. And then <clears throat> they go meet in their like secret traders hideout later. And Phaedra's like, don't do that, poverty. And everyone's like, oh, she's hitting the T. And then she's like, no one in this house likes you. Everyone thinks you're a traitor and no one likes you. And then the episode ends. And you're like, oh shit. And but then it immediately starts. <clears throat> yeah. But she's saying, like, everyone suspects you, like you're not playing a good game or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the next episode starts and they like patch it up immediately. And poverty's like, I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to throw you under the bus. Why don't you pick who we murder tonight so that it's like, you know, blah, blah. And then they murder Tamara. Why wouldn't Phaedra just go to her and like, good job doing that. You're really putting them off the set. 
because Sage's she Mora. thinks she's throwing her under the bus and she's like, yeah. well, now they're going to vote for me. So you're a big proponent of this television show and having me watch it. Our sister, Caitlin. I don't want you to watch it if you're going to be a bitch about it. Our sister, Caitlin, texted that she was watching it. Yeah. Who texted me last night, another very important person in my life, and said, are you watching Traders? Tara? Tara. And? And I said, oh, I guess I got to watch it. All you people tell me, I got to watch. Well, I've spoiled a bunch of it for you already. I, I don't think it matters. Also, it's like, just put it on the background while you work. You, 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 what are you doing? But I've never seen it before, so I'd like want to pay attention. But anyway. So pay attention. I'm just like, everyone's telling me to watch Traders. Well, if you don't like it, you know, that's not my fault. <laughs> I'm not saying it is. It's just fun. Um, I already talked about my – oh, okay. This is kind of a superlative cue, but I didn't – this didn't is one I didn't – warn me ahead of time? I didn't warn you because it's it's more of a game quiz that I was doing myself the other day. Jillian, can you name me the past four or um, Super Bowl halftime performers? So Rihanna. we can – 2023, Rihanna. 2022. Was it like Eminem, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige? Yeah. <clears throat> 50 Cent. 2021. Was that J-Lo Shakira? I believe that was 2020. So who was 2021? Did we have a Super Bowl? I think we did. Okay. I um, think this is when we were Oh, in... it was the weekend. It was terrible. Oh, I think it was when we were in Vermont, right? Yeah. 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 And the Bucks won. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then... Let's be from Vermont. And then, yeah, 2020. Because I don't know. I Googled 2020 and be like, did we have a Super Bowl? And it was Shakira and J-Lo. And I was like, ah. Oh. But did they perform to like an empty stadium? I feel no, like there were people before, there. Because the Super Bowl oh, was like February. February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, that makes COVID sense. there, I'm sure. Super spreader. Yeah. But I was just like, God, I wonder if Jillian Were you able that. to guess those? No. Oh, okay. I was like, how quick? I even was like, who was last year? And I was like, duh, Rihanna. Like, I don't know. I, have I know because weird... Rihanna had her first child around when I did. And then she said she was pregnant at the Super Bowl. And I was like, girl, we just had a baby. Don't get, don't do this again. But happy for her. Love her. Yeah. What we got Riza and what's the other one? Rose? Some, something something about a flower. <laughs> yeah. That's why I wanted to say Rose or Rose, but I don't think it's that. Rhododendron. Yeah. Okay. So. I asked Jillian a superlative question the other day, and there's a reason for it. So I'm going to ask it, get, let her give her answer, and then I'll get into why. So Jillian, my question to you is, what are your top three favorite Disney films? So I don't think this is true, what I've written down. Because I have to really think about it, and I know yeah. you gave me time to think about it, but I have to really yeah, think about complain. it. So when I was little, I really liked, for reasons we Pinocchio. can discuss later, Pinocchio and Dumbo. I could not watch those. Oh, you li- I thought I I didn't know you liked Dumbo. I used yeah. to watch that. But I cannot watch those two films now because I'm just sobbing crying the whole time. So I don't Even know. Even a Pinocchio? Yeah. I don't know what okay. child I was that I liked these movies. Um I d- did like the little mermaid when you're younger because she had red hair. So she was yeah. like my girl. Yeah. Um we loved The Fox and the Hound. Yeah. And Three Caballeros, which is a crazy movie. Yeah. That and Dumbo is like an acid trip. And then don't sleep on the parent trap. So thank you for bringing that up. So that's just a too long list of my thoughts. So when I have run out of new podcasts for the week, I go back and listen to old episodes of Las Culturistas that I've never heard before. And, and, and the rewatchables, the town. Yeah. Well, I've heard that 45 million times. I could do it by heart, but yes. So I have been listening to old episodes and so Shears the Mato was on 
Oh. And she was talking about how Disney is the culture that made her say culture was for her. Because that's the question they ask all their guests. And I've thought about it a lot. I think mine would be the, the Blink-182 mixtape that Caitlin made me when I was 10. Um, <clears throat> but anyway... So they asked, they were playing, what are your top three Disney movies? And, you know, Matt was like Pocahontas, Little Mermaid, and I forget. And then Bowen was like, you know, Mulan, Wreck-It Ralph, and something else. And then, and they're like, oh, Wreck-It Ralph, are we including Pixar? Because then Matt was like, oh, then I want Monsters, Inc. to be my third one or whatever. And then Sashir was like, I, I thought mine was Little Mermaid, but as you guys are talking, I realized my number one is actually, and this is the right answer, everyone, a goofy movie. Um. <laughs> But then it got me thinking because I feel like I've been asked this before and people get mad at me because I'm like, oh, remember the Titans, the Parent Trap, and then Alice in Wonderland or a Goofy Movie or Fox and the Hound, one of my childhood favorites. And people are like, well, that's not a Disney movie. I'm like, is it, is. it not? It like, is. so that's where I'm like. Well, if people are going to like try to separate them into like animated classics or the Disney yeah. Channel originals or. Oh, right. Motocross would probably be my actual third. Double teamed. Yeah. Um, then. Like, you could separate them, but they're all under the same umbrella, Disney. Right. So if someone's like, what's my favorite Disney movie? I'm like, well, my favorite movie of all time is a Disney movie, which is Remember the Titans, and then The Parent Trap. So I just don't know what to do with these people. And I feel like there were a bunch of other things that came up this week that I wanted to tell you from those old episodes, but I don't remember them now, of course. You'll post about it later. Okay. Do you want to post me? Surely. So the Marissa New York Post segment. The date is... January 30th, 2014. It starts. Sorry, our mother's texting me about a drag brunch. Oh, yes. She texted me. Yeah. Well, I'm going to Disney on Ice that same day, so I don't know if that's too much. That's okay. Um, so, so wait, January 14th? January 30th, 2014. Okay. NFL, Happy birthday to my friend, Steph. NFL bombshell. New York Giants brass and quarterback Eli Manning passed off bogus team memorabilia as the real thing to fool collectors and allow the superstar to hang on to the keepsakes, a lawsuit charges. The dozens of items allegedly include jerseys and Manning's 2008 Super Bowl helmet, which is on display at the Hall of Fame. Bogus is real. Bogus is real. What is the headline? Eli the phony. Giant ripoff. Oh, okay. So I, I don't get it. He let people buy fake merchandise? Apparently they probably listed like, oh, game-worn helmet Eli won, wore at the Super Bowl, and someone bought it. And then later we find out it it's not because that's but in that's the That's not fame. Eli's fault. We don't know technically. I mean, I don't know. I'm not following up on this lawsuit from 10 years ago. That's why it sounded like – that's why I can never guess headlines because it's always so long and confusing. Yeah. Like the actual – The blurb. Sub-headline or whatever you end up reading for me. I'm sorry. Do you I think this was them. an hour? <laughs> it's an hour! <laughs> can you believe your daughter never been to my house before? I cannot. When she I walked in, that's I was not like, true, though. Yes, it is. When would what, she have come here? Like, she came when we were younger. I remember changing her at your house. Like, maybe once. I don't know. I just was like, she walked in. I was like, Eleanor, you have never been here, or at least, like, not where she would know. Right. And I was like, like come see where I sleep. And then, like, Kyle and like jumped on the bed, and then we went in the guest room bed so Kyle could pick out nail polish. Uh, did um, they play with the drums? No, we were drawing um, with the colored 
uh, pencils I have out here. But at one point I said to Kyle, I had Clark on the leash and I had him go sit in his bed. And I said, Kyle, are you afraid of Clark? And she said, yeah. And I said, why? And she said, because he's mean to me. And I said, when has he been mean to you? And she's like, I don't know, which he did knock her over one time. So fair. <laughs> and then I was like, will you come pet him with me? And we were petting him and he was being good. And and I was like, are you scared of him now? And she said, no. And then she was like, well, a little bit. <laughs> and I think she said like a little bit, if that's okay. Or like, if I'm being honest. And I said, it's okay. I'm a little bit scared of him too. Don't worry. And did Eleanor just go and try to smack him across the face? No, she was drawing. La, la, la. And then she tried to draw on Kyle's face. And then <laughs> when they were leaving, mom said, Kyle, will you give Eleanor a hug? Because usually Kyle's like, F you, Eleanor. And she did. And then Eleanor went, oh, Kiki. And we all laughed. And she thought that was funny. So they, they had some funny lines, these these children. Kyle especially. Her daughter's just, uh, in the clouds. I don't know what she's doing. Thanks. She's out of her mind. She is. All right. You're Kevin Bacon, which I I called an audible right before this podcast. Oh, you switched it up. It's Well, I didn't have one, I realized. But it's uh, Faruka Balt. I remember oh. saying her name. How do you say Faruza it? Faruza Balk. I was like, I wanted to say. So for people who don't know, she. I want it now. What's it? Veruca Salt. <laughs> she, Faruza Balk is an actress. She was young Dorothy in Return to Oz when she was a teenager. Um, she is, um, is she Polexia and almost famous? She's one of the Band-Aids. I can't think of Which her Which is actual. so funny to me in that she's like thick New York accent, like a young Debbie Mazar. And I'm yeah. like, how did little Dorothy become this? I think she might have had a little bit of a New York accent returned to Oz, too. But anyway. But she wasn't like a tough bitch. So, yeah. She's in many more things. She's in The Craft. Um, yes. But I'm, That's why May brought her up. She was like, I had a huge crush on her in The Craft. I'm mainly thinking Almost Famous because there's so many people in that movie. Yeah. Um, so many. It's Colin. He's playing a video game. I was like, why do I hear a man's voice? I thought it was the TV. Um, so we have you, Kate Hudson. You have your Patrick Fugit. You have Jason Lee. You have Francis McDormand. Um, oh, Francis. Oh, Francis. Eleven? That wouldn't be an underrated film, would it? <laughs> I don't think so. It's rated, but it's a movie we love and we've watched it's a lot of times. We love that movie. Francis McDormand is interesting because she's in a lot, too. Yeah. So is Faruza, come to find out. Yeah, she's in a lot, too. Um, also, our boy, um, why can't I think of his name right now? The Morning Show. Billy Crudup. Billy Crudup, yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman, Jason Philip Lee. Seymour Hoffman, yeah. Wow. Jimmy Fallon. Well, then, so Faruza Balk is in Almost Famous with... Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's in Twister with Bill Paxton, who's in Apollo 13 with Kevin Bacon. Nice. Thank you. There are some shorter ones, but I'm sure that was are. good. She was in The Crap with Nev Campbell, who's in Wild Things with Kevin Bacon. I didn't know he was in Wild Things. I haven't seen Wild Things probably since like 1995 when I was too she young was to see it. She was in Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, which comes up a lot with Gary Grubbs, who's in JFK with mm -hmm. Kevin Bacon. She these ones aren't fun. I saw fun ones before yes, when I was looking at this. Ones. She was in Humboldt County with Jeremy Strong, who's in Black Mass with Kevin Bacon. Jeremy Shoot. Strong's in Black Mass. I guess so. I always forget about Black Mass, like we said. I know you really do. I'm she was in American History X with Elliot Gould, who was in the Big Picture with Kevin Bacon. 
She was in. She was in Waterboy with uh, Clint oh, Howard, yeah. who is in um, with Apollo Thirteen with Kevin Bacon. That was yeah. one before Ron. Howard's there was another brother, and then there was another Clint Howard. Fun I fact: She was in the Waterboy too. Yeah, in an early episode of Workaholics, um, Clint Howard and their dad, whose name I don't remember are in an episode together where they play like temps who replace Blake and Adam. And they're like, that was one of our only father son combos. Wait, Clint Howard's dad, like Ron yeah. Howard's dad. So like an older, yeah. older man. Yeah. But they're just playing two temps and they keep calling Durs Anders. And he Speaking says it's of Ron Howard. Um, Let's speak about him. Bryce Dallas Howard is the newest house feature an architectural digest. She has a beautiful New York home in the Hudson Valley. It's mm-hmm. not my style, but I'm like obsessed with it. Like I watched the video twice today. I've been looking up the curtain patterns. It's is very... she with Ron Howard? Or that's, that's his daughter. daughter. <laughs> I didn't know that. Ryan. It's not like I have a pop culture podcast. Um, it was very spawn con, like very annoying. Like this is from um, yeah. Joyride. This is from Parachute. Oh, Joybird. Who was the one who had the crazy tree in the backyard and they made fun of on Jam Session? I'm it was sure like in a Brooklyn, like small, tiny backyard, and they were like, "She must have paid, you know, a hundred twenty grand for that tree." I don't remember that. <laughs> but anyway, go look at this Bryce Dallas Howard home. It's de- not my style, but I was like, "Where I is love it?" This home. It's in uh, the Hudson Valley, New York. She doesn't say the town oh. for security reasons, obviously. I but wonder if she like, lives near Hillary Burton. Maybe it's so beautiful. Like I love the house so much. Should anyway. we take a trip there? Yeah. People like li- go and live there and love it, like Cecily and Paula yeah, Pell and Hillary Morgan. There's a big uh, art scene. I texted our friend Tara recently because I wanted to go to um, Kinderhook, which is where Martin Van Buren's from. So, and they used to say "okay," meaning they were old Kinderhook. Yeah, he's okay. He's an old Kinderhook. So, if we want to go to Kinderhook, New York, and see some Martin Van Buren history, I'm down. Would you get a stamp in your fucking thing? Well. They didn't start presidential libraries until FDR, so it wouldn't be a fun pres- fact. Fun fact: It wouldn't be a presidential library stamp, but they do have like their boyhood home stamps. Like if you go to the home of the president, they would have that. But like, what if it's not like a museum? Like, are any are they all preserved, or does someone live in one of those homes now? Um, I think most, if not all, are now not museums, but maybe like historical buildings that have been preserved. And usually if, like, say, you know, Martin Verbuen moved out and someone lived there for, like, 40 years, like, in the 1950s, I'm sure they are like, all right, now that this other family has moved out, like, we're going to turn it into a historical home. So there might have been other residents in between when the president lived there. Did Donald Trump have a presidential library? Don't know. Don't care. I don't think so. Because they still do it, right? They still do it. Obama's taking forever, yeah. It's and not then, it's not working yet. I mean, it's not up yet and available to the public, but it will be soon, I think, Obama's. Also, can you, like, is it an actual library? Like, can I go get, like, The Fault in Our Stars there? No, most of their, like, presidential papers are there. That's why it's a library. I mean, no. I'm sure there are books there about, like, the presidents and other things that you could take out, but it's called But not library. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Mm, probably not. Fair did enough. you not come with us to the FDR library? I did. Oh, okay. I don't remember books. <laughs> Okay. I remember like walking in the room with like the timeline of all the stuff he did and like the depression and Herbert Hoover yeah. and that kind of stuff. But I don't remember like a room with books that looked like a library. It looked yeah. like a museum. Yeah. It looked like the like the baseball hall of fame. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Yeah, without all the plaques. Also, did we just drive that day or did we sleep over? Because I have like no memory of that. We just drove that day. Trip other than that day. And Brian was there, right? All the McGraths were there. And Uncle Kevin. Yeah. But Caitlin wasn't there, I don't think. I don't think she might have. It was like during a holiday, so she might have already gone back to the Commonwealth. But so we slept over? In Staten Island. We didn't stay up in uh, Uh, Hyde Park. Oh, okay. 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 All right. Should I go watch Vanderpump? I guess, if you want, and then tell me if I should watch it. If it's starting now, or is it started at 8? <laughs> well, I'm sure either, it'll be airing all night on Bravo. Yeah, either way, you could watch it. Not if it didn't tape. Won't be go on demand till tomorrow. Go on the Xfinity app. I am. <laughs> okay, Joe. Okay, Ryan. What a kooky episode. Yep. Sorry for my technical issues. Oh, it's okay. You had technical issues? Wow. Vanderpump Rules premiere 8 to 9.31. Well, that's probably because Watch Happens Live is like stuck at the end of it. No, then it's Southern Hospitality. Then it repeats at 10.30. I'm going to record that one. See, I can't watch it now because it's not going to be on Peacock or on demand yet. Okay, bye, girl. (laughs) Bye, girl. See See you then. then.